You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? I'm in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, in a hotel. It's actually pretty nice for my day job. Uh, no, honestly, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. But I mean, they have the only thing I care about, which is hotel waffles. But also, free cookies at the front desk, mm-hmm. and they have a popcorn machine. I've never been in that. Not in the middle of nowhere type of place. I, I don't think I've ever had this come around. I was when I was on my way here. I was like, I hope there's not like ants. Instead, <laughs> I got I got a nice nice room, so I'm not doing too bad. But how are you doing? Anything up with you? Not a whole lot. It feels like football weather outside finally when it was 100 degrees over the weekend. So I'm liking that. I'm a pumpkin spice latte girl. So fall is in the air and I'm pumped about it. It's crazy because we only have counting this podcast. We only have four podcasts until the Cleveland game. And there's plenty to talk about with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, And that's real football. You know, know, this was fine. Mm -hmm. A little tune up, a little podcast tune up. Football watching tune-up. Of course, the players have their tune-up in the preseason. But the real game starts. And I'm just hoping it starts off better than last year. 100%. Uh, we'll do a little recap here because Zach Taylor did talk to the media, but we'll definitely get into the 53-man roster, the offense, the defense, and just um, some of the other moves for the Cincinnati Bengals as of day one when the roster is technically to 53. But, of course, there's going to be some gymnastics Players are going to be available from other teams. Maybe the Bengals add another player and remove another player on the current roster to be determined. I don't feel like this is the final 53-man until we get to uh, Cleveland for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I will start with this. Zach Taylor talked to the media. Um, of course, he was asked about his quarterback, Joe Burrow, and uh, he had a smirk on his face when, it, when talking about Joe. He's kind of been like that when it comes to the timelines. And he was asked if Joe Burrow will practice this week. He said, we'll see. Uh, the Bengals will have a short week of practice they normally get a longer weekend for labor day and then the real practices begin the following wednesday they'll meet on monday kind of go over game tape but wednesday of next week is when they get ready for that week one game against cleveland so look to be determined if joe will be out there for practice this week um he has been reports all Bengals. james rapine friend of the show uh was reporting that he's been throwing regularly no surprise. We saw him before the preseason game number one out in front of Paycor Stadium or out in front of on the field at Paycor Stadium and uh, making some throws, jogging out there. Um, again, they're going to take their time with him. Also asked if the contract, um, you know, is there any connection? Joe's not out there because of the contract. Zach Taylor said no. So anything you want to add about Joe Burrow? I'm tired. 
Yeah, same. I mean, I know quarterback of the team. This has been such a non-story to me for a little while. Whenever it felt like it was going to be a grade one, I have not felt like he's going to be at all. Knock on wood, I guess. Yeah, I don't think he's going to miss any time, but I don't know. I think Zach Taylor's going to play it close to the vest. All these coaches love the advantage you get out of making it seem ominous, like they may have to prepare for Jake Browning or another quarterback we could talk about later, uh, somebody out there, I don't know. <laughs> um, but to be, um, to be determined, Jake Browning, TBD. Um, yeah, I'm expecting him to play. I think he, I think he practices I think he practices next week. I don't think he practices this week. Do you have any feeling on that? I feel the same exact way. Why not give Joe Burrow another week? Because he's still at all the meetings. He's still at Paycor Stadium all day with the players. He's throwing behind the scenes. Um, you know, they're going to have walkthroughs without the media there. And then they obviously practice later in the afternoons. I say give him one more week of rest. Um, he's still majorly involved. Zach feels very confident about the health of Joe Burrow. Um, but I, I I, think you'll see him out there next Wednesday, and the Bengals social media team is probably really excited for that when it comes to the Joe Burrow content getting back out there. And um, I'm sure fans are just – they're ready for Joe. I mean, look, it's been – it's only been a month, but it feels like it's been longer than that without Joe – a little longer than a month, but it feels – it feels training camp dragged on without him. And we're, we're used to Joe not being there for training camp. It just felt longer this year. Uh, Cause I think we were really optimistic. He was going into it. He's healthy. He's going to be out there and they're just taking it easy with Joe. And when it comes to the contract stuff, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is August 29th as we're recording this, as long as he's signed on the dotted line before they hit Cleveland. Um, I think that is great news for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. I don't think this is a contract situation. Joe has been there for everything. Um, it'd be smart to go ahead and get it done, but both sides are still very quiet about what's happening behind the scenes. Who knows if that means something else for another extension of a player. But for my confidence level, I still feel pretty good about that getting done before the season because you do not want to get into the quarterback market next year. Even though Joe's fifth-year option is picked up for the following year, I just you, nobody wants to, to go into that and and say, oh, we still got to figure out how to pay Joe, and then Jamar's contract is up. So I'm so confident it gets done in the next two weeks, and um, Joe Burrow's out there in Cleveland. But that's all I have really to say about Joe Burrow. I, I'm looking forward to when he gets back out there. And that's also because next year, what he has to deal with uh, Trevor Lawrence possible extension, which if Trevor Lawrence has a great year, he's probably going to try to reset the market because mm – -hmm. Made the playoffs last year. The Jaguars need him. They paid Blake Bortles. I'm sure they'll pay him. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it just turns into the faster you get these things done, the better. Now, I, it's tough because Burrow could have held out seeing, like, I'm going to see what Hurts and Herbert get, and I want more than that. And I think he has every right to do that. Mm -hmm. It could also just be that they haven't come to terms on the guarantees or the structure, or maybe they are – the very optimistic view. Maybe they're just trying to put it all together before they announce everything. <laughs> they're trying to play their Tetris, the uh, you know the salary cap nonsense to keep T, keep Burrow, and then have money in the future, have money for Chase next year. But look, just <sighs> the further along you get, this is why I said like I I, I was more confident Burrow would play week one than I am that this deal gets done before the season starts because it's uh, it's just tough when you don't see or hear anything 
how are you actually supposed to feel about this? Because we can be confident this deal gets done, but when? And will there be any hardball played? Will, you know, the Brown family and Black Katie Blackburn and everybody kind of need the kick in the pants of Burroughs saying like, I'm not playing until I have a deal or something like that to actually come through and be like, okay, we'll drop whatever is holding this deal up. I don't know. I don't know anything. It's hard to speculate anything. It could just be nothing, but not knowing anything living in the unknown is, you know, a little scary. And it's why uh, I wish I was as optimistic as you are about this getting done soon. You, you keep saying like, it's going to be done soon. And I'm just like, I hope so. I did say that a lot this off season. I said soon a lot. So I will say I've been wrong because I've said it was going to be, I thought it was going to be done maybe the first or second week of training camp. Look, did with the cap injury, I don't think it really changed much. They knew they're going to pay Joe Burrow. Um, they feel confident he's going to be out there for week one, according to several reports we've heard over the last month. Um, so I just think that in the for me, and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way with both sides being quiet, and his agent also represents the Bosa brother uh, for the 49ers, who's trying to get paid right now, too. And, you know, that it was out there in the media with the national writers and insiders. And this has just been this has just been, hey, these guys are working things out behind the scenes. Joe's been doing a lot of uh, promos and uh, commercials and things like that. So, uh, you know, he's staying busy getting getting that bag. But um, I do think he's going to I think I think it's going to be over soon. I really do. And I, I think it will be before he steps foot in Cleveland. And we can stop talking about the contract extension and then we'll move on to T Higgins on what's going to happen with that. But everybody knows how I kind of feel about that. I, if he doesn't get done this season, I feel like they franchise tag him and tease with the Cincinnati Bengals for the next two years counting this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I would also like the Burrow deal done so that it feels like you could move on to T and kind of what's happening there. Does yeah. that- I don't know how much it affects the T Higgins deal, but I'm sure that they do want to have Burrow secured before they start paying other guys, but they paid Logan Wilson. So maybe they don't care. I don't know. Um, it's tough to say. It's tough to say when you don't know anything, you just have to speculate a little bit on the little bit of graham cracker crumble that you get. <laughs> right? like- we have absolutely nothing. Even for T Higgins, everybody knows who his agent is. Nothing from that camp right now. It is extremely quiet. Um, so we just, we don't know. And I don't know, maybe I, I, I've said it 20 billion times on this podcast. Maybe I'm just way too optimistic when I look at the outlook of it. Say we're getting into Thursday of next week and we're recording our podcast and Joe Burrow hasn't signed his contract extension. I'm getting a little nervous because I don't think they want to deal with any of these discussions going into a season and they want this over with, um, you know, before this regular season starts. So I just, that would make, I would be worried. So if we're recording next Thursday night and there's no extension signed, I'm going to start to be like, mm, I'm going to be sweating a little bit. Friday, I'm uh, sweating a little more. If it's Saturday and they're already in Cleveland, that just puts you, it puts your franchise in a bad spot to go in next year when you are negotiating when the window is going to be even higher for the quarterback market. And I think you have to be smart. And this is the easiest decision that they'll ever have to make is signing Joe Burrow to yeah. a contract extension so i know yeah i mean i know the minutia of it it's more complicated than we're letting on but at the same time look give in yeah (laughs) you you have to pay him you can't be the first team to let a top three quarterback hit the market i mean you know how bad that looks just like who would ever want to play for you you know sell the team because like who would oh we get a quarterback that good we just can't pay him 
Like, come on, be serious. Because there, there's something different about Joe Burrow. Not only like his talent and what he's able to do. I know a lot of people want to connect him to having the wide receivers. And I promise we're going to get down to the 53-man roster in just a moment. Because Joe Burrow is a part of that. And he's the big story, too. Um, but he, he does more than that for a franchise in a city. When you think about Joe Burrow, I've said it on this pod. He's a superstar, not only in the city, but I think in the National Football League. And that would be terrible. To just go into next. I just think I, I know he's the fifth year option. I just you do not want to go into the year before the fifth year option is over and be like, all right, let's start, let's finish our negotiation. I think it's I like I said, I don't even I can't even get that mindset because I think this is going to be done in the next week and a half. Um, and hopefully it is. We've been wanting to talk about it on the podcast, and I think that would be a great show right before they play Cleveland. Let's talk Joe Burrow contract extension. But until then, right now, Zach Taylor not given much to the media or, or fans right now. And that's fine. He doesn't know anybody, anything. And maybe it's just more of, Hey, we're just going to play this game. And Joe's going to be getting another week of rest and he'll be back next week. We did figure out that several weeks is more than three. Yeah. Well, I do think of several as like three to five. Yeah. So, I mean, Zach was telling us it was going to be several and I feel like we're right around the several mark, but uh, yeah, they practice tomorrow. We're recording on Tuesday to be determined. Maybe Joe will be out of practice, uh, but we just do not know as of now because they had today off. It was roster cut day. I want to get into a few cuts and then we'll move it on to our second and third segment. The big news, I think fans not so happy. Trey Hill on the offensive line. They stuck with quite a few offensive linemen. I want to make this note really quickly. No surprise, Leo Collins is um, going to miss the first four games. That's going to give him time to get back on his feet, um, obviously recover. Zach Taylor said he's still weeks out from his return, and, and I, I think that's totally fine because at the end of the day, you want healthy offensive linemen and depth to be determined on what it looks like for him when he does return, but uh, he'll miss the first four games. Let's go back to Trey Hill. Is he going to be on the roster, the final 53-man roster, like next week when it's really final? Yeah, with Trey Hill, I just think the team might like him more than we do. And they're that way about a few offensive line guys. Jackson Carmen, I feel like they might like him more than we do. Uh, he hasn't really, he got worse in each preseason game. And he really, outside of that Bills playoff game, hasn't shown much and in the NFL. But he's a second-round pick. They haven't cut one of those during a rookie deal since 2002. Uh, Cody Ford, the only reason I'm not surprised about him making the roster is just because I heard from somebody that they really like him and to expect him to make the roster. So I went, okay. I don't think he looked that much better than a lot of the guys that he was competing with, but they just like him. And they've liked him since Duke Tobin has liked him since like 20-whatever draft class he came out. And Trey Hill, that is the one that's like – so does this mean you weren't happy with sharpening snaps, which some of them were inaccurate, which – Okay, that makes sense. Or does this just like we really like his potential or whatever else is going on? I have no idea. Um, are they just higher on him? But then I'm just asking, like, then why were you teaching Sharping to snap if you always thought that Trey Hill was going to make the team? It's not like his preseason was so good that, you know, it's like, well, we got to keep him, even though we were doing everything with Sharping. I don't know. But I. At right now, I expect him to make the team when everything settles. Okay. I don't know, though. I mean, I think that guy from Cleveland, Michael Dunn, that'd be an upgrade at backup center. I don't know about anybody else, but. <sighs> I think we can agree that the backup center position is still a major concern this year. Sure is. Um, 
I definitely don't feel better. And honestly, I don't know if I would have felt better with anybody that they had during the preseason or training camp and said, that guy's going to be a better backup center. And I hope that, you know, we'll hear more when it comes to the waiver claims and just some guys who are going to become available when it comes to depth. It's obviously going to be something they look for in next offseason's draft class um, because you, you do need that. Ted Karras is the oldest guy on the team right now, and he's 30 years old. <laughs> which is wild to me to think about that. And, you know, his contract's going to be up soon too. And, and I'd love Ted Karras to play years and years and years and years longer with Joe Burrow because that connection is is nice. But you got to be realistic at that position, and they do need up there. And I would be terrified if Trey Hill had to come into a game. So maybe that's something we'll see over the next week. Um, but you're right. Maybe maybe they just believe in him more than we do um, at practice with, with Frank Pollock, Zach Taylor. Um, we just do not know. But I think that was a big head scratcher for them on the offensive side of the ball. There's more players I want to get to. And then Stanley Morgan. I don't think this is goodbye. I think there is a chance that Stanley Morgan is back on this roster in about 24 hours. But we'll get to that next on his always game day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Running backs. I don't think – I w- I'm surprised with the preseason because Chris Evans was showing some potential. Uh, we joked before – or I at least joked before the preseason game started that the hype is going to come back for Chris Evans, and I feel like it's back. For Cincinnati Bengals fans, you have Chase Brown, um, who I felt looked pretty good in preseason game number three. Uh, Joe Mixon's obviously RB number one. And then Travion Williams uh, to be determined on on everybody's role outside of Joe Mixon. But what do you think about carrying four running backs right now? Yeah, that was what I thought would happen. I mean, Chris Evans did enough to keep his job. I don't know where all this thought that seemed to creep up last week about, like, could Travion Williams' job be in danger? Based off everything they said, he's the third down back. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's probably going to play more than either of the, the – well, any of the running backs that are that were playing in the preseason, like I think if push came to shove, they would have kept him over Chris Evans. But Chris yeah. Evans did enough, and I think he showed that he can be a viable part of the offense and a reserve. And I don't think ugh, the kick return thing. I think they liked. I think they like. Didn't Travion do a better job at that? If I'm remembering correctly, like Chris Evans got a few opportunities, didn't show much, and then they put Travion in that spot, and he did. So. I don't know. Like, I, I just – I always thought Trevion was making the team, and then I'm listening to the podcast, looking on Twitter, and I start seeing projections that are like, Trevion Williams, cut. And I'm like, well, that's not happening, guys. Like, oh. there's a few guys, and we're going to get to some others, that I felt like people were kind of bending over backwards, reaching a little bit to be like, well, this is how you keep this guy on the roster. You cut this guy, and then I'm like, well, that's not happening. So this guy's not making the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They've um, they've liked Travion for a little for a little while, and they signed um, him. This isn't yeah. like a rookie deal. They went out and paid him money, and then everything I've heard from the actual staff has been he's the third down back. And I guess it's a little bit of a competition, which 
How does that get decided? I have no idea at this point because you just have practice and then the first regular season game. Um, but yeah, I I think he's gonna. I think he'll be out there against Cleveland in two minute drills and three and third downs. Yeah, everything seems to be going just fine for Travion um, now that he's back out there. Uh, four running backs, no real, no real surprise. Didn't they do that last year too? The four running backs. Yeah, and yeah, because you can name them what Nixon, P. Ryan, Travion, and Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. And then eventually, Chris Evans is a healthy scratch for you know the rest of the year. But still, like yeah, they, they went four running backs last year. It's not unheard of at all. Yeah, so um, hopefully they can get the run game going, really. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest things with this offense that I, I want to see. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about explosive plays, but I just want to see them balanced. I want to – I want. look, I love when Joe Burrow's throwing the ball to his wide receivers, but also need to get the run game going, and I hope we do see that. To be, de- be determined on what it looks like early on, um, you know, and what Chase Brown's role is as a rookie. But, um, but yeah, four backs. We'll go to the wide receiver room right now. Ian Rappaport tweeted out, little surprising when he mentioned Trent Taylor. We've been talking that Trent Taylor was probably going to be the one that didn't make the roster. Um, Not too surprising if you followed the Cincinnati Bengals and the low depth they have in the wide receiver room. Um, Charlie Jones looks like they believe in him as a special teams guy. Andre was the preseason star. Trent Irwin, he's there. And then, of course, you have uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. No real surprises there. My surprise is Stanley Morgan didn't make it. Special teams ace, honorary fullback. Those were our two guys last year, right? Like who was wide receiver yeah. four? I picked Stanley and you picked Trent Taylor. Wrong Trent. You could have killed me if you went Trent Irwin. Oh, man, I wish I would have said Trent Irwin. I really do. I really do. Um, Yeah, Stanley Morgan, I still feel like he's back. I think he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, practice squad type. But I thought he was going to be – I thought he was going to make the active roster. Just special, what he does on special teams. And mm-hmm. um, they did use him quite a bit last year. I mean, not as much as Trent Irwin, but at least down the stretch, I think more than Trent Taylor and more than anybody else they're throwing out there, just because he was the guy when they wanted to get heavy and just run, pound the rock, it was him. It wasn't somebody else. So it'll be interesting to see who they use for that role. Or do they just put anybody out there and maybe that's the whole RPO thing is they're not going to ask, the, uh, they're not going to have a wide receiver that's going to reduce down and try to slam into guys. They're just like, hey, let's just spread it out and let him kind of take guys away instead. Yeah. And uh, we'll stay with weapons, we can call them Irv Smith Jr., Mitch Wilcox, and uh, Drew Sample. They're rolling with that in the tight end room. I don't think the Bengals I, – I feel like a broken record when I say this, but they just don't value like that that tight end that everybody wants. Every time they see a tight end available, they're like, get that guy, get that guy, add him to the tight end room. I think they feel okay with their tight ends. And and they like Drew Sample as a blocking tight end. Some people were shocked about the Tanner Hudson thing, but I thought a little bit of a stretch for him to make the team. And it was never going to be at Drew Sample's expense. I mean, <laughs> another guy, just like Travion, they went out, they signed him. They're clearly interested. They value him more than a lot of fans. I see why when they go 12 personnel is to run the ball. And look, as exciting as Tanner Hudson was for some of the preseason, we have to remember like a lot of that's against like back of the roster guys. And it wasn't, I don't think, I don't know. I I thought he looked pretty good in the last game, but again, preseason and back of the roster types that he was mostly doing that damage against. uh, He's not a blocker. Like they didn't even ask him really to block. So Mm -hmm. that tells you what they thought about it. 
Um, they want their second and third tight ends to be able to block because if you're not going to be a great receiver, then they even ask their first string to block too, more than those guys are usually capable of. So that is why I always thought Drew Sample was safe. I just thought he was a unique value for the tight end room because you need at least one of these guys to be able to really block. Wilcox can block better than Hudson. And also, I think, what, is he still the emergency long snapper? Yeah. Anything we've forgotten? Unless Hudson could long snap? Look, people hated what he did. I thought it was admirable. Like, he went out there and he put that first snap. It was a little slow. Yeah. But who the heck else could have done that? Because long snappings didn't. We talked so much about this. You can't just ask Ted Karras to go out there or Trey Hill to oh. just go snap a football. It's so different. Long snapping versus center snapping. Very, very different. So who else had the ability to go out there and do that? Otherwise, you just got to go for two. And that don't feel great about that versus an extra point with a guy who put an accurate snap there. It was just a little slow. Second one high. He, I think the first one getting blocked, which yeah. to me was more Still on the good. protection. It was more on the protection though. It they was. let a guy through. They let a guy through. If they didn't do that, it goes through. Nobody talks about this. And Wilcox is a hero. Instead it gets blocked. And then I think that got into his head. So he tried to snap it back the next one faster. And then I ended up going high. And then that's why that one misses. So, uh, it's a long talk about something that happened a full year ago that I doubt that many people care about, but I do think it does play a tiny factor when you show that you can do something else that's valuable. Like, Hey, I can emergency long snap if Cal Adamitis gets hurt and you're not going to use me as a long snapper next week, but in a pinch, yeah, you can trust me to go out there and do that. So I don't know. I think he showed some value there. I, I wouldn't have been surprised at all if Hudson made it over Wilcox, but yep. building the case for Wilcox isn't that hard. Yeah, for Mitch, um, it really kind of felt like this offseason because he, he um, joined the Bengals late. Maybe he thought he would have an opportunity elsewhere. Um, and the Bengals, I think, always had interest in bringing him back. Uh, not to say he was going to be tied in one or anything like that, but they're very familiar with him. And um, I'm fine with it. I really am. I, I'm I'm excited about the potential with Irv Smith Jr. I really am. There's so many other players to talk about. And I still feel like we're not giving him enough credit on what he might be able to do with this offense and Joe Burrow. So uh, we'll see what that looks like in about a week. And uh, I know we talked about Joe Burrow in our first segment, so we won't go back to Joe, even though we can talk Joe all the time. When he signs an extension, we'll do three segments on him. But his backup quarterback, it's been finalized, I guess. I've mentioned before, it never really feels like the 53 man's done on cut day that they'll do a few more signings. Maybe they'll add a third quarterback to the practice squad. Um, we'll see what that looks like in the next 24 to 48 hours for the Cincinnati Bengals or even the next week. But it looks like Jake Browning, who they brought up last year. I think a lot of people remember this. He actually told the media um, the Bengals ended up bringing him up, up towards the end of regular season or the last few games. And I think other teams had an interest in him. So the Bengals brought him up. He got his game checks. And um, I still think they they have a good connection with Jake Browning. Um, when you compare the two with Trevor Simeon and Jake, felt like Jake had the better preseason overall. Not to say it was all that great, but it was better. Game um, three. Nail, yeah. nail in the coffin. Uh, Simeon, with, the interception was bad, but there were two separate plays. One, a touchdown, and the other one, 15-yard game that he ends up getting nothing on because yeah. he just didn't see it or didn't feel comfortable throwing with the pressure. So that just – that's probably – you know, like Browning playing well and not, uh, 
was already going to be tough for him. But then he came out and he played pretty good and then yeah. threw that pick and then just went downhill and he started missing some stuff. So, I mean, I hope Trevor gets a job somewhere else. But I did think it was a stark – that was the first preseason game that I went, oh, okay, like that's – there's a stark difference here. Yeah, well, a little surprising too because I thought when they signed or they brought Trevor in, I was like, you know what? This might be okay. He has experience as an NFL quarterback. Bring him in and as a backup. It really felt like they wanted to move on from Brandon Allen, try something different. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're, they're going to keep a familiar quarterback as QB number two. Um, I still feel like they'll bring in someone to be a practice squad quarterback, um, and and maybe they see some guys who are going to be available via the um, the waiver wire. So you think they'll go and try to find a different backup on the waiver no. wire? No. Okay. I don't. I think that some they interesting will. names. I just, uh, I feel like that's, look, teams do it all the time, and sometimes you just have to do it according to injuries or how teams feel about their backup quarterback position. But I just feel like, hey, they're going to roll with Jake Browning, and they bring in another one for a practice squad. But I could be wrong. They could end up taking somebody who was uh, cut by the Patriots today because they currently only have one quarterback on their roster. Uh, yeah, I don't, who, who do you see that would be a potential backup quarterback? I don't know. Like, I do think Bailey Zappi is interesting just because he played pretty decent in the NFL, not just mm -hmm. like preseason darling type thing. Um, PJ Walker, same deal. He did okay. some, he won some games. Never forget. Didn't do well against Cincinnati. And I wonder if that plays in their mind. Like, he went like two of 10 for two yards and two picks at halftime and got benched. So I don't know. Maybe that plays into it. It's like, eh, we saw that guy kind of stink it up live. But, you know, Zappy's interesting. I think um, those are the main two I, I could think of. Will Greer, some people were excited about, but he seems more like a preseason star. Like why I, I would just – what I would move on from Browning for is a guy that's done it in the NFL. I think that's the only thing I think of is a guy that's won games and, like, showed competent level control of an offense in the NFL. If it's a guy that just did well in the preseason – I. Browning did okay in the preseason. Like, yeah. who cares? But, you know, if it is a PJ Walker or a Bailey Zappi, I, my interest is slightly peaked. I don't think this is one of those, like, get him or, yeah. you know, we're screwed. I think it's just like, uh, yeah, that's those are two interesting names available at quarterback for a team that probably doesn't feel great about its backup quarterback. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say the Cincinnati Bengals don't feel that great about their backup quarterback position. And maybe there's a guy that they feel comfortable with and they'll end up bringing him in and Jake Browning's not on the roster anymore um, or they still carry three. So I don't know. We'll see what that looks like. But uh, but yeah, Trevor, he might land on another practice squad or maybe they bring him back for their own practice squad. But it just feels like um, I agree with you that preseason game number three kind of showed a little bit of distance between making that decision for them when it comes to quarterback number two. Defensive side of the ball, I want to get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Moving over to the defensive side, um, kind of going back to preseason game number three. It happened early on. was a little surprised Joseph Asai was playing meaningful snaps in a preseason game number three. And unfortunately, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, the severity to be determined, I know Kelsey Conway stated that there's potential that he's going to miss week one versus Cleveland. They're obviously going to be cautious with that. It's really unfortunate because I wanted Joseph aside to go into the season healthy. And now they are dealing with potential of a guy who could have had a really breakout year. And I think we forget about a lot of his play in the AFC championship game, which was, I felt like he had a great game. I don't want to 
think about the, the last hit done Patrick Mahomes. But overall, Joseph Asai can add to the defensive line. And unfortunately, it looks like they're going to be without Joseph Asai week one. What did you think about that move of uh, those preseason snaps? I have been a proponent of getting some guys some snaps in the preseason. It was never trench guys. Uh, well, sorry. It was never defensive line guys. And this year, it wasn't really the offensive line guys. Mm-hmm. I just like to get guys that haven't played together to get a few snaps in the preseason. This wasn't that case. Osai was already playing a lot in the preseason. <laughs> you, didn't need, you didn't need this. He was my breakout guy. I don't think you needed to see more of him. I think he has the juice to be more than his role. His role is going to be third edge auxiliary pass rusher type and i think he has more juice than that like he could really show something this year and then the injury is going to set you back high ankle sprain sometimes those linger too like this could really stink for him but staff wasn't as happy with him i think as the fans like that's why you're playing in that preseason game is it a run defense thing is he missing any assignments or mental errors i don't know I didn't see too much. I mean, run defense it's just it hasn't been his strong suit so far, but I also didn't feel like it was so bad he needs to be out there in the last preseason game. I mean, it seems like Cam Sample might have had a higher role on the pecking order than him with what Cam didn't play in that preseason game, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him. So I saw Zach Carter out there, saw Miles Murphy, saw Joseph Osai, guys that will log snaps for this team. Cam Sample, not out there. So I wonder if his role is bigger than we think, um, which I just think Joseph Osai has more juice as a pass rusher. That's why I'm more into that. But mm-hmm. I could see it. Like Cam Sample is the better run defender. Maybe the maybe that's what you're into. Maybe that's what you want because you're trying to spell Trey Hendrickson. And you're not going to spell Trey Hendrickson on pass downs. You're going to spell him on rundowns. So maybe they want the guy that's a real good run defender to be safer. I don't know. All I know is I'm a little upset. I agree with you. Um, I was really excited about Joseph Asai. And look, you mentioned it. It's something that could linger uh, when it comes to the Twitter professional doctors who are weighing in on a high ankle sprain. And goodness, I feel like we know so much about calf sprains, everything. When it comes to injuries, just hearing other people, not because we're doctors, but listening to other people talk about the timeline. And it could be anywhere from two to four weeks to something that he just deals with all season. And you want to take your time with that. And hopefully Joseph Asai is back sooner than later. Um, really unfortunate, but it does look like, uh, again, according to Kelsey Conway, that uh, week one might might be out for Joseph Asai. I know Zach Taylor said he's going to um, be able to offer more insight in the next few days. So we'll stay tuned to what happens with Joseph Asai. And um, just overall, when you, when you think on the defensive side of the ball, I guess we'll go to the secondary right now. Any surprises with the quarterback room? Not really. Uh, from a few months ago, Sidney Jones, but Sidney Jones has been hurt, and DJ Ivy has shown that he can play that role. I think that just makes you go cheaper, younger. We could develop him a little bit more. I understand that cut. Um, no real surprises, though. Uh, Jalen Davis and Alan George, were, I feel like, kind of fighting for yeah. a spot, or maybe you could think somebody else's. But Jalen Davis played – decently well in the preseason so i understood that one too and then this really felt like mike thomas knew that was the active Mm -hmm. roster thing i think he'll be back and and on the practice squad he loves the team loves the city so i think he wants to come back also when you get that old i I don't know his personal thing but i mean he 
he might have a family and like, like uprooting them for a few extra thousand probably not like he's probably at the age where he's like i mean i'm not gonna climb that death chart and become a star safety you know like <laughs> i got my role here and i'm happy with it so i, I think mike's great um too. but i do think that one made sense too with tyson anderson playing really well in the preseason so i can't think of too many surprises uh yeah. Defensive line room, I guess there was that battle with Tufele and Dominique Davis and Raymond Johnson, which we kind of skipped over. Yeah. Oh, man. The Twitter takes on Raymond Johnson not making the roster. You would have thought they let Tom Brady go. I mean, it was – it's wild. I mean, again, look, you you tell me what you this thought. This was the future career sack holder for the Bengals. Did you see him out there? I'm just like, man, maybe he was, I – I absolutely go for 20 sacks this year, right, if not more. No, um, but yeah, I, 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 I think balled out, but it's another guy that just like Hudson, it's like, remember that these guys aren't even in there at the start of these games. They, they're coming in when it's the back of the roster guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, he's been in the league a few years. Like I saw somebody yesterday say that it looks like Raymond Johnson will be active on the roster over Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy will be a healthy scratch. I was like, that's not happening, dude. That would be bad. That would be really, 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 really bad. That would be a huge I don't miss. know how bad people think Miles Murphy has been this preseason, but he's been fine. Well, I want to talk about that. Okay. Because right before we started recording, I did know you, you sent out a tweet and I think you brought up a really good point. I'm paraphrasing here. You can correct me and, and how you really said it, but it was about the Michael Mayer situation. Oh, because everybody know. wanted Michael Mayer at the 28th pick. But but it's just like the the letting Miles Murphy develop just seems like, yeah. no, 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 he can't develop. But but my Michael Mayer was going to be allowed to develop into this tight end in the NFL. And it just, it's different with Miles Murphy. And I don't get it because we've said it on this podcast. If Miles Murphy can get three, four sacks this year, good, great news. I'll take three. But if he can get more than that, then awesome. It's it's okay. You are picking late in the first and all the rounds in the NFL draft when you're a good team like this and you have loaded talent. It's okay that this guy, it, it might take him a little while, but I'm still optimistic on Miles Murphy. Really, it's crazy. Some of these Miles Murphy takes right now. Oh, yeah. And it's mainly like there's a few things leading this. One, this was – I mean, by consensus, I'm not talking about me, where I'm like crazy high on Miles Murphy because I just thought he was a first-round pick like almost every draft expert did. Uh, but he he was going so high that I feel like Bengals fans didn't really get used to it. He was always going before their pick when they did the PFF mock drafts and they did whatever other mock drafts. They're like, well, if they're going to choose an edge player, it's, I don't know, um, maybe Nolan Smith. But I think Nolan Smith was going higher. He ended up going behind that. And uh, Felix Enrique Uzama ended up going behind him. But, like, you know, it's, it was like one of those guys versus Murphy. And you look at, well, they were real interested in some of the corners. Those corners were gone other than Joey Porter. So I feel like they got so used to certain names that Murphy falling that far was like they didn't recognize the name. So they thought that must be a reach, right? Like I never drafted that guy. I never saw anybody talk about him. I, I, I talked about him, but I mentioned also that I thought he'd be gone. So by consensus, I'm not even using my opinion here. By consensus, the Bengals got a value at the 28th pick. That does not mean he is going to hit the ground as a 15-sack guy his rookie year. Maybe that's the potential. I don't know. 
I think the potential is sky high. Is that what he develops into? I don't know. Like that's going to come down to Marion Hobby, Murphy himself working on and off the field and getting better and some other factors that nobody's really counting for, you know, the injuries, everything else. But when it comes to the player, it's easy to see why he was touted as this mid first round pick, not a late, but a mid first round pick, super extremely explosive get off. I think that's the biggest thing. And when you talk to defensive line coaches or listen to them, that's the number one thing they look for in pass rush, get off the ball. Can you fire off the ball and threaten the outside corner? Because if you can, that sets up everything. So he's got that. Does he have Does he have much else as a pass rusher right now? No. But that's the part you develop. You develop the hands. You develop the timing. You develop the placement. Everything there, the moves, you're going to develop all of that over the next couple of years so that he can move from being more of an athlete to more of a true pass rusher. But you've got a giant ball of clay right now who the floor isn't that low. Like maybe as a pass rusher, the floor is not high, but as a run defender, he comes in as a pretty solid run defender. And he showed that in the preseason. He was pretty good defending the run. So you've got a guy that has a floor. Like you could play this guy and then you're going to try to develop the pass rushing stuff. I thought this pick was good. I'm not going to say it was an A plus type pick, but I had him as a first rounder. I gave him like, I think the, what the, I can't think of what the grade in the Joe Goodberry draft sheet, an 80 was for first round. It was like the end of the first round, but it was the first round. I yeah. gave him an 80 right on the dot. And I said, first round talent. Like it, I understand why somebody would take this guy. So why can't we be patient with him? Because if it was Dalton Kincaid or it was Michael Mayer or Sam Laporta or any of these tight ends, every fan would be saying like, don't worry, guys, tight ends take a while. You know, tight ends take a second to develop. And maybe you would see the flash play that gets everybody excited, you know, a catch doing the Tanner Hudson thing and catching balls against back of the roster guys. Like that would be exciting, but we'd see that they didn't even play against those guys, but just say a catch here and there. And that's more exciting because you could see that you could see the catch. You could see him catch and run. Who is watching for his run fits? Leo Miles Murphy. Who's watching for him to fit the run and make a play that opens something up for a teammate. He's not even making the tackle on one of these good run plays. He's setting things up. So his teammate makes the tackle. And then you just look at the stats. I didn't hear Murphy's name. I'm going to scroll down two tackles. You know, I'm expecting more. It's like yeah. well, tackles are a terrible way to measure your run defense. It's just yeah, I, great. So I don't know. I whole rant about like, I am so sick of the way Twitter is treating Miles Murphy. It's mm-hmm. just it's just disgusting. Like this guy who everybody has said, give him two years. Then we could talk about it. It's just his career was decided in those 20, 50, 20, 30 preseason snaps. That's it. That's his whole career. Oh, he didn't flash as much as Raymond Johnson, who's <laughs> bounced around rosters and might not even make an active roster this year. I just think we got to relax. We got to stop with these takes off of the preseason and practice. Regular season, I could get. I could understand he's not flashing enough in the regular season. People are saying this and that. And I just kind of go, like, guys, relax. You know, like, it's going to take him a little while. This is preseason. Who cares? You can go into those mock drafts during college football season last year and even maybe before it. People had Miles Murphy as a top top, 10. 10, top 15, top 10, top 15. So it's absolutely, and I know, you know, obviously things are going to change as a college football season finishes and you get ready for the draft, but I think that's really telling. And like you mentioned, 
A lot of people thought he wouldn't be there when the Cincinnati Bengals picked, and they picked him, and he was there. Um, so I have patience, and like I said before, I'm 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 pumped about him. I, there's so many different players to talk about. It feels like we're not giving him enough love or talking about him. Look at Wait, he's 21 years old. Like I know he's young. Yeah, Super 20. young. Super young. 21 years old. Let's see if they have his birthday. Is he like? I think he might even be January 3rd. He doesn't even turn 22 until basically the playoffs. That's like, how young he is. Like, stop with the idea that he needs. Like, real quick, what do you think Raymond Johnson's age is? Oh my gosh, I have no clue. I have no. I assume clue. it's 20, 24. So there we go. 24. In three years, will Miles Murphy be able to beat back of, back of the end roster guys like Raymond Johnson? I hope so. I agree with you. I think we have to remember, and look, I think everybody's ready for regular season, but you have to remember when you're watching these preseason games who they're going up against. It, yeah. It's it's not going to be – look, there's a reason that these guys are battling for jobs. Um, I know I, Murphy was going against some of those guys too, but like look, yeah, 21 years old. And Murphy was getting in those games earlier. Like he was mostly, in my opinion, facing the twos and sometimes the threes. It really wasn't the this guy's getting cut tomorrow types yeah. that I think – Raymond might have faced a little bit more of, but not, look, I don't want to poo-poo on Raymond too much because I'm rooting for him. I hope he does, does a great Same. job. I hope he gets an opportunity and crushes it. But I just think the idea that you were going to healthy scratch Miles Murphy for a 24-year-old guy that came over from a practice squad, don't see it. I don't see that at all. Are, are you going to healthy scratch DJ Turner for DJ Ivy? Probably not. Are you going to healthy scratch, what, Jordan Battle for – uh, Mike Thomas coming back? Probably not. You know, it's just all, you know, those are all kind of out there ideas that I think people, there is just the hyperbolic reaction to what we are seeing right now. I think that is what we got with all of this Hudson and Johnson and everybody else stuff that was happening. There's also practice. There's a lot of stuff we don't see that goes into this as well. I agree with you 100%. Miles Murphy, relax, everyone. Yeah. Um, when it comes to all Bengals, uh, we'll wrap this up next or later this week. We'll have the uh, double header mailbag. We'll get to all your Twitter questions. But what are you going to have? One? Last, last one, last double header because you know what? Oh. We're going to have Bengals contents previews ready for regular season next Thursday. Uh, but go ahead and tell me what's going to be on all Bengals. So hopefully when you're listening to this, I'll have the article up. I was doing one last week, and I was like, I'm just going to wait for another week just so I get all three preseason games on Yossi Vash. And also, I'm clearly passionate about this a little bit, so there will be a Miles Murphy article coming out relatively soon and just going into how his preseason went because it feels like some people thought he was terrible, and I just don't see that. It's there. Make sure you go check it out. Um, all Bengals. You can follow Mike Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. We'll be back later this week. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.